number two of a series. If you missed last week, I would encourage you to go listen to that on Facebook Live from last week or uh, go to SoundCloud. It's uploaded on SoundCloud to catch up. So important what we talked about last week as we continue that this week. So as we continue, uh, I'm interested in so many different things. I'm interested in art. It's hard to look like me and not be artsy-fartsy. I am. And I'm interested in art. Got lots of art things, brushes, paints, uh, easels, lots of stuff. I'm interested in art. I'm also interested in music. You may not have known that. I've got several guitars. I've got a keyboard. I'm interested in music. I'm also interested in hiking. Well, maybe not the actual hiking process, but I'm interested in a lot of things that go along with hiking. I've got a lot of backpacks. I've got a whole bunch of knives. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about hiking accessories, but I love them. Knives everywhere in my house. I've got backpacks. I have a lot of hiking sticks, even if I don't use them. I don't know. I'm just interested in hiking things, and so, I, you know, it's the way it is. Um, I'm also interested in writing. I like to write. There's lots of things I'm interested in, but you know what? You know what I love? You may not know this about me. I love starting churches. I love to see churches started, to see disciples being made, and them growing deeper, and then what happens after that? They begin to multiply. It's just the process of discipleship, and I love that. You could say, I like to go after that with hammer and tongs. Have you ever heard that phrase before, going after something hammer and tongs? Let me explain what that means. Our motif for this series is kind of the whole blacksmith thing. And that phrase, as you see on the screen here, it's, it's, it's a blacksmith like going after, like here, that horseshoe with hammer and tongs. Grabs it with the tongs, and he's going after it with the hammer. He's focused on it. He's really just going after it with everything he has. And that's a blacksmith term, going after something hammer and tongs. And it became part of our culture hundreds of years ago. And now it's still, for some of you, maybe you've heard that phrase, going after something hammer and tongs. And that's the way I am uh, to see churches started and to see disciples created and beginning to grow. It's just, I, I love that. I go after that with hammer and tongs. And you can tell what I love because it's actually something I do. It's not what I collect. That's not what I love. It's not proof. Having a collection of knives is not proof, really, of anything uh, other than an interest. You can tell what I love because it involves something that I actually do. Going after something hammer and tongs. What might that be for you? Let me go through a list of possibilities. Maybe in your family it's going after something hammer and tongs. Maybe it's Little League. Or maybe it's dance. Or it could be cheer. Or maybe softball. Duck hunting. Deer hunting. Turkey hunting. Maybe it's fishing or bow fishing or hot rods. Or maybe it's four-wheeling or motorcycles. So many different things it could be. It could be football. It could be shopping. It could be gun collecting. It could be uh, video games. That may be what it is for you. Or maybe it's just generally that you live your week for the weekend, and you're going after that weekend, hammer and tongs, or maybe you're going uh, involved in what the kids are involved in, hammer and tongs, or maybe it's living your life the, the way you want to live it, and what you want to do, and you're going after that hammer and tongs. Are you going after any of those hammer and tongs? Or maybe, maybe some of those things I've listed are just interest for you. You're just interested in some of those things. 
But I say all of that so that I can ask this next question. This is a big one, a big question for all of us, me too. Are we just interested in Jesus or are we going after him hammer and tongs? And how can we know which it is for us? Well, Jesus thankfully gives us the answer to that. We don't have to guess. He kind of tells us the reality. Jesus gave us this, this verse, and it's been, it's been come to uh, be known as the, the great or greatest commandment. And we're going to have it on the screen. Here it is right here. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus is answering a question for somebody that somebody asked him. And he said this, You must love the Lord your God. These are the words of Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And here's where we get that phrase, the greatest commandment. This is the first and greatest commandment, Jesus said. He said, that's it. That's it. Love God. That's the greatest commandment, love God. And maybe you say to yourself, yeah, awesome. I'm loving God. So check mark for me. I've got that one down. Put a check mark there. But hang on just a moment. Do we have a love for God, a love for Jesus, the way Jesus defines love. So he really does know who actually loves him or not. And he has something to say about that. And it has something to do with what we do. And here are more words of Jesus. He describes that for us right here. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said, If you love me, obey my commandments. If you really love me, he says, you'll obey me. Jesus makes it very clear. For him, love means this. We are going to do something. We're going to do something. Now, John, who is one of the closest disciples to Jesus, relationally, John said something very similar to what we just heard Jesus say. Listen to what John said in 1 John. It's in chapter 2, and we're going to start with verse 3. Here it is. John said this, and we can be sure. In other words, you don't have to guess. There, I know many, many people who are like, I, I think I'm going to go to heaven. I, I hope I go to heaven. You, you don't have to guess. He says, we can be sure that we know him if, here's the big if, if we obey his commandments. He's saying that obeying his commandments does not get us to heaven. He said the fact that we obey his commandments is proof that we really do know him. Now he goes on and says more. John says this in verse 4. He says if someone claims, I know God, I do, I know God, I know God. He says if they claim, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, John is very clear here. He says that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. He says, he just lays it out there. If they say they know God, but they don't obey his commands, he says, they don't really know God. That's, that's, that's so important. Look at verse 5. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. And then listen to this next phrase. That is how we know. We are living in him. Now, we talked about that last week, about how God is 
uh, uh, the vine, and we're a branch, and how we are connected to him. And that's his desire that we are in him. And that's what he says. That's how we know that we are connected to him. In him. That's how we know we're obeying his commands. It goes on in verse 6. Those who say they live in God, connected to God, in God, should live as Jesus did. John is saying, and Jesus is saying, if you say something with your mouth, like, I am connected to God, I am in God, I'm a follower of Jesus, I, I, um, I, if you say any of those things, I love God, if you say, I love God, then it means there's something that comes after that, something we do. Saying it does not make it so. John goes on and says this, 1 John chapter 5. This is so powerful. Listen to what he says here. This is, this is a shocker to me. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And then he says, and his commandments, well, they're not burdensome. And listen, he's not talking about the old covenant, what we call the Old Testament. He's not saying we have to go back to the Old Testament and look up all those commands and keep those. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about the new covenant, what we find in the New Testament. That's what he's talking about. He says, and it is not burdensome. So let's recap what we just read and what we just discovered. Jesus said that if we love him, we will do what he says. But how do we know what he says? How do we know? We know what he says because we study what he has said. That's how we know. We take the time to actually study his words. So we're going to do that starting today. I mean, right now, right here in this room. Let's not just show interest in Jesus. Let's actually show him we love him. Let's study his word and let's do what it says. Let's go after Jesus, hammer and tongs. Let's find out what he says and then let's do what he says. And I want to be honest with you. To not do something like this. And now what I'm going to teach you today is just one of many different ways. But if we're not doing something like this, then we're really only interested in Jesus. Maybe just a little curious about Jesus. Just a little bit of interest. But not even interested enough to really get to know him. And certainly not interested enough to actually follow him and what he says. And doing what he says, well, Jesus says that's how we love him. So it's super important. And it just so happens to be one of the ways, one of the biggest ways that we stay connected to Jesus in relationship, which goes back to what we talked about last week. So, are you ready? 
I'm going to ask you to open up the journal, or if you have one of the printed pages, then you're ready to go. That's the page we're going to work on. But if you have a book, or and if you just got your book today, then please, please, please go back and listen to last week so you can catch up on these first few sections. But open your book, go past the first section, which says, talk to God. And then the next section is just two pages, and it says, remember to pray for these things. And you're going to land on the first page then of the, phrase, the page that says, study his word. That's where we're going to be today. And if you're listening online or listening to SoundCloud, then I have a link for you to some pages that you can print at home so you'll have these pages at home as well, so you can do it too. All right. Now, the very first thing you notice in there, it says, write the passage here. We're not going to do that just yet, but in just a moment, we will be turning on some lights, and we'll ask you to write down a specific passage. We're going to ask you, as we teach you how to study his word, we're going to ask you to take one book, and we're really focusing on the New Covenant, the New Testament. There are great things in the Old Testament, but what we're talking about, as we're talking, talking here about studying His Word, we're talking specifically about understanding the words of God in the New Covenant, the New Testament. And it starts with the book of Matthew, but we're going to ask you in, in this experiment to use the book as we get started over the next 30 days for you, however long this takes, we're going to ask you to use the book of Colossians. And actually, it's not a book. It's actually a letter. It's kind of short. And we're going to ask you to use Colossians. But we're not going to ask you to read the whole book at once. We're going to ask you to take time to go through it very slowly, through the whole book, but only, not even a chapter a day. Nope, that's way too much too. We're going to ask you to take one paragraph a day, somewhere between four to eight verses, or it'll be close to that. One paragraph today. To take the whole chapter, it's way too much. And by the time you read the whole chapter, you're like, oh my word, there's so much in there. There's no way on earth I can do that. And we give up. We get overwhelmed and we give up. So we're going to ask you to take daily one paragraph. Then the next day, you'll go to the very next paragraph in that book. Work your way all the way through that book. One paragraph at a time. Now, with a letter, in the first century, they opened with a greeting. We open our letters with a greeting. We usually say, Dear John, Dear Jane, Dear whoever. Their greetings were a little bit longer, and really the greeting, we, there's nothing really there to apply to our lives. It's just a greeting, only with extra words. So let me read you the greeting, we're not going to really study the greeting. We're going to go to the next paragraph. But let me read the greeting for you. It's in Colossians chapter 1, and it's, this greeting is two verses. Here it goes. Here's the greeting. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, and from our brother Timothy. So this is written by Paul and Timothy. Verse 2 of the greeting. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. That's the greeting. And that would be as if we said, dear friends in this town. Theirs is just a little longer. So there's not a lot there for us to really put into our lives. So let's go to the next 
paragraph, and that's where we're going to start. So as I read this, my hope is you will begin to understand this. Let me read to you the first paragraph, um, and it starts with verse 3. Here we go. It says, We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Verse 5. Which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard of the truth of the good news. And we're going to end with verse 6. That's the same good news that came to you. That same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Now, if you notice in your book, there's a section right under the passage. And by the way, you will write in your book, the passage is Colossians. 1, 3 through 6. And if you're like me, I'm a horrible speller, but you see it on the screen there. That's how you spell Colossians. In my notes here, I spelled it C-O-L, period. (laughs) Colossians chapter 1, and we're reading uh, verse 3 through 6. So that's where you just write down the reference to the passage, where it says write the passage here. You're not writing word for word the whole passage. You're just simply writing here's where it's found, Colossians 1, 3 through 6. Now notice what it says, though, next. It says, what is this passage saying? And then in parentheses I've said, in your own words. What is this passage saying? What is Paul and Timothy trying to communicate? But I want you to put it in your own words. Now, in order to do that, you're going to have to read that passage more than once. I often you have to read it like three, four, maybe even five times. But we're not reading the whole chapter or the whole book right now. We're just reading that one paragraph three, four, five times until you get a good understanding of what each of those verses in that paragraph are really trying to say. Now remember, sometimes when you're reading, the paragraph in front of it has a little bit to do with what's coming. So like if you were to continue this, as I hope you do, tomorrow you would start with verse 7 and then do that paragraph. What you will discover is tomorrow a little bit of what's being said you understand some of that because of what you read in the verses that came right before that. But today, not so much, because what came before this is a greeting. So really, what came before it's not going to help us understand this today. But as you try to understand this, you're going to... It's going to be awkward, just like what we talked about last week. In the beginning, it's awkward because we're not used to doing this. We're not used to taking God's Word and kind of trying to understand it for ourselves. We're used to somebody telling us what this means, right? So this is going to be awkward, but it is oh so important. The more you do this, the less awkward it will become over the months and then years. The less awkward. But it is so vital to you and your relationship with Jesus to learn how to do this, how to study what he has said. One paragraph, and I'm going to ask you just to read that, and you're only going to have about one minute. It is not nearly enough time. It's going to take you several minutes when you do this on your own. One minute 
to begin to read, and it's going to be on the screen for you in just a moment, to read through that and write down one or two things. Here's what Paul and Timothy are saying in this paragraph. After you do that, I'm going to tell you what I wrote to give you an idea, because you're not going to have time to finish it. You're just going to get a couple of words down, and it's going to be time up, okay? So do that right now. Read this passage and write down a couple of words. Here's what Paul and Timothy is saying in this paragraph. Do that now. I'm going to give you about 15 more seconds to get a couple of words down there. Here's what they are saying to me. Okay. Now, I know you didn't have time to finish. I know. I know, but you'll have more time on your own time. This just got you started with maybe a couple of words, maybe a phrase or two. Um, now, I'm going to share with you what I wrote down, what I felt like. And some of the things I wrote down may not be things that you wrote down. And some of the things you wrote down may not be things I wrote down. And that's okay. That's okay. I just want to share with you what I wrote down so you can get an idea of how this process works um, and so let me just share with you exactly, this is not made up, this is what I wrote down the day I studied that paragraph, all right? I want to share that with you. It's going to be on the screen. Here's what I said that this passage is saying to me. I said, it's saying to me, always pray and always give thanks. And then I said, it's also saying, make your faith, your following Jesus' faith, famous by the way you live and make your love for God famous by the way you live. I said, and all of this comes from hope in Jesus. So you see, I'm kind of taking it verse by verse and saying, here's what this verse means. Here's what this verse means. And I go on. I said, it starts with a flood as soon as we submit to the truth of the good news. And then I went to the next section. I said, the very same good news that started with me, the very same good news is now flooding the whole world. And the fruit of that is changed lives, just like it is changing my life, just like it's changing your life, starting the very day that we, that I submitted to the truth of God's grace. So that's what I said for me, and I know you didn't have time to get all the way through that, but, and you may have said things differently. That's okay. You don't have to say it the way I say it, and you don't have to, that's okay. But that's what I felt like God was trying to communicate to me in that one single paragraph. Tomorrow you'll go to the next paragraph of that very same book. And then the next, and then the next, till you work your way all the way through. But we're not done yet. That's just what we thought God was trying to communicate with us through Paul and Timothy. 
Now the next section says, how does your life measure up to what God is saying? Now this is a big part, huge part of what we're trying to accomplish here. Huge. This is, we want to analyze our lives. How am I doing? With what I just read and what God is trying to say to me, how am I doing? So I'm going to analyze my life. I'm going to examine, inspect, scrutinize my thoughts and my behaviors and my actions. I'm going to look at my motives. I'm going to look at my feelings. I'm going to look at everything about me and kind of apply that and look at it according to what I just read and what I thought God was telling me. And I want to look and find out in my life, where am I making progress? In other words, some of those things I read, maybe I'm, I'm making progress in that and I'm doing better. Some of those things I read, I may be far, far away from God's standard, what he said. So I want to analyze that. Look at my life according to what God was saying right there. Where am I doing okay and where am I falling short? So, I'm going to ask you, based upon... You looking at just a little bit of that in just a few seconds, you didn't have much time, you're not going to have much time again, I'm going to ask you, will you write down, examine your life based upon what you think God is saying in that paragraph, how is your life measuring up to what God said in those few verses? And I'm going to give you just a moment to do that right now, fill in some answers on that, then I'm going to share with you what I wrote. I'm going to give you another 15 seconds. Okay. Now, I know you didn't have time to finish, but when you do this on your own time, you'll have more time. You'll be able to finish that and fill that in. But I want to share with you, just very honestly, what I wrote about me, this is not for you, this was what I wrote for me, what I felt like as I measured my life. And I'm going to be honest, it's very transparent. I'm letting you know about some inside thinking of Harley. I'm letting you know. And listen, the good news is, you don't have to share this with 200 people tomorrow, <laughs> like I'm doing today. All right? That's the good news. This will be between you and God. But I want to share with you what I wrote about me just to help you understand how this works. So here's the way this started. My first thing that I thought God was saying in this section was always pray and always give thanks. And so I, now I look at my life. How do I measure up to that? And I asked me this, myself this question, am I? Am I doing that? And then I said, literally, in my journal, I said, wow, I so often forget to pray specifically. And I said, and I'm often not thankful. I'm measuring my life according to what I read, what God was telling me in that one paragraph. Now it goes on. The next thing I wrote down earlier that I said, here's what I think God is saying. I said, make your faith famous and make your love of God famous. And so I measure my life according to what God was telling me. And here's what I said. I said, are stories 
of my faith and love spreading. And I said to myself and admitted to God, I don't think so. And I literally wrote that in my journal. I don't think so, I said. Here's the next thing I said that I think this passage is saying. It all comes from hope in Jesus. So if it comes from hope in Jesus, then I said to myself and to God, admitting to God, maybe, maybe I'm not into Jesus as much as I need to be. Whoa, this is painful for me to share with you. But you don't have to share this with us. This is between you and God. I just want you to get a glimpse. Now, as I share these inner thoughts of mine with you, I hope if you're new to Stuttgart Harvest Church that you don't leave here and say, that is a wackadoodle pastor. I'm never going back there again. I'm just trying to be honest with you about my life and, and how God's Word interacts with me. And so I'm just trying to be honest. It's painful for me to share. The next thing I said, I said, I believe this passage is saying that it starts with a flood as soon as we submit to the truth of the good news. So I measure my life. I examine my life according to that. And here's what I said. I said, yeah, it, it did start. Yes, it started with a flood. But maybe, maybe I dropped the ball somewhere along the way. Maybe I stopped letting him change me. Maybe I got satisfied just going to church. Oh, this is painful. Let's move on. I said, I believe this passage is saying the very same good news that, is, that changed me is now flooding into the world. And so I said, you know, the fruit of that is changed lives. The fruit of that good news going all throughout the world. Just like it changed mine from that very first day when I submitted to God's truth. I said, here's what that was saying. Now, I analyzed my life according to that, and here's what I said about my life. If, if the world is bearing fruit like me, what kind of fruit is that that the world is bearing? Is it any good at all? Is it any good? I said, if, it's, if this fruit, if it is changing lives like it has changed me, then I ask the question, is it uh, our lives being radically transformed into new lives? See, I'm taking my life and I'm saying, okay, how do I measure up with God's Word? Here's what I said next about myself. What would happen to the spread of the good news across the world if everyone else treated the good news like I do? What would happen? And then I asked this very penetrating question of myself. Would true Christianity die and stop with this generation if other people treated it the way I do? Whew! That was one tough paragraph. Did you see all of that in there? Until we take it slow. And in the beginning, you may not see as much, but the more you do this, the more you practice knowing what God has said and studying what God has said one paragraph at a time. And then the next paragraph in that same chapter book, and the next one, the next one. 
the more you do that, the more you will see. That's just one paragraph. No wonder we would get overwhelmed if we try to read the whole chapter and do the whole chapter in one day, much less the whole book or the whole letter. And you will make your way through that whole book, but it will be one paragraph a day as you go through. Okay, that was tough. Here's the next section. If you will see in just a moment, the, the, I have it on the screen for you. Here's what it says. What do you need God to help you work on today in order to more closely meet God's standard in that passage? So now... I'm going to ask God to help me move my life in the direction of that passage. Now, I may not be able to get it all, but I, there's something that God can help me do on that day that I'm writing this day. For you, that will be today. There's something that God can help you do today. And this is your chance. You're going to be writing down in that section, God, I need you to help me do this. And be very specific. Write it down. Ask God to help you. So I'm going to ask you to do that right now in that section. Talk to God. I'm only going to give you about 30 seconds. I know that wasn't enough time, but you'll have more time when you get to do that on your own time. But I, again, I want to share with you what I, on the day that I studied this passage, this is exactly what I asked God to help me with. All right? Here's what I said. And again, probably what I say here may not be what you say. What you ask help with may not be the same thing I did. It's okay. But here's what I said. This is how I said, God, please help me as I study this passage. What now to, for today? Here's what I said. I said, God, I, I don't think I'm loving you, God. At least not enough. I'm not loving you enough. Not enough for you to radically change me. I said, I think if everyone around the world were like me, I said, I think your good news would die with this generation and no more lives would be changed. I said, we would fail you. I said, I would fail you. I said, I want to be that fruit of a life that is changed and changing. And I'm saying this to God. God, I need your help. And I said, I want to hear your words, and I want to do them today. As soon as I hear from you, I want to do that. And then I said this, for today, I'm going to be into you, God, prayerful and thankful all day. And I ended with this, change me as I look for ways to submit to you today. Do you see how this works? One paragraph. 
What is God saying in my own words? Then how does my life very specifically measure up to what you've said? And then, God, help me today do this. And He will begin to change you little by little. You see, just reading God's Word, it's not enough to just read His Word. You see, information without application will always lead to frustration. Just knowing more about God without doing more will always lead to faking more. Maybe that's why there have been people all over the United States who have been going to church for years and years and years, but their lives are really not changing noticeably because they're filling seats and they're getting a spiritual fix. But then on Monday, they're going back to things just as usual during their week. You see, this is our job in the changing process. This is how we stay connected to God. This is how we are in Him and He's in us. This is how we love Him, by knowing what He said and then doing that. But to know what He has said, to know what He has commanded, we have to read His words. And then we have to look at our lives and say, how are we measuring up? And then we have to allow Him to make a difference in us. That is going after him, hammer and tongs, all in, all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. That's all in. We love him by doing, Jesus said, doing what he said. And we can only do what he said if we know what he has said. Now, what do we do? Here's what I'm asking. If you were here last week, we ask you to pick a win a where, and a how. In other words, pick a time that you will do this. Once a day, pick a time and do that every, every day at that time. Pick a where, where you will do it. And, and if you need some help with that, we talked about that last week. Listen to last week's teaching. When, where, and how. This is the how we're asking you to use. So, you'll have a time You'll have a place, you have the how, and if you were here last week, you'll just have to add a few more minutes to do this next section. So the first section, you'll do that every day. Talk to God, remember to pray for these things, that's the second section. This is the third section, study His Word, and you'll do that at that time, that place, and this is the how. Will you join us? Let's get to know Him. Let's be in relationship with him. Let's pray. Jesus, you told us that we must love you with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. You said that's the first and greatest commandment. Jesus, you also said that if we love you, we will obey your commandments. And God, this morning, my heart is hungry for you. And as the psalmist wrote, my heart says too, my heart has heard you say, God, come and talk with me. And my heart responds to you, Lord, I'm coming 
God, we ask that you give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we have heard and give us the courage to do it. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.